Chapter 45 Conversations of the Hunt I had all the time in the world to think. There wasn't that much else to do. I was waiting for the dark. I was waiting for the night. I was waiting for the wild things that only come out after the light has gone to bed. The wild things would be hunted. I wanted to meet the hunters, face them without having goop poured down my throat, speak with them without being told that I was dreaming, wake with the morning, feeling strange and imaginary memories drifting against my skin, pretending to be real. I was waiting for the hunt which meant that I had nothing but time on my hands. Leaving the coffee shop, I found myself in a small town. Few people on the streets, they all had jobs, all had places to be, things to do. They didn't really seem to have time to stand around and chat with strangers. I wandered, trying to listen to the town. I could hear the people watching me. Really, the shop owners and people looking at the stranger watching me. They weren't unpleasant. Hospitality was still to be found. After all, they tried to make me comfortable in that hotel room. They had also planted fake memories in my brain. But they can't be faulted for everything. But I knew I was a stranger prying into their lives. They knew I was seeking something of them. It wasn't simply a book. I was after them. It didn't matter that I sought them, so I might find my book. Maybe they knew I worked for Dale Morgan, the patrons, guardians, and keepers of the library. Forgotten dreams don't like Dale Morgan. I've been told. I've been told more than once. I must be wary. I didn't know how they would react to someone sent by Dale Morgan. Maybe they distrusted me because of it. It wasn't as if I wanted to work for Dale Morgan or that I had any kind of choice. Work for her or die. Those were my choices. I suppose a self-righteous man would have chosen death. Give me liberty or give me ice cream. All that nonsense. I wanted my life back. I was ready to do what it took to get my life back, my old as hell and twice as boring life. I have no idea why I wanted it back. Some things you simply don't think about. Under the circumstances, death was a coward's end, the easy exit. Don't ask me why. It just was. I learned nothing more from the city. It was time to turn my sights on the forest and wait for the show to start which is why I had a whole bunch of time on my hands. Time to think, time to contemplate my navel. It really is boring. There really is nothing to do while you're waiting for midnight. It's only 3 p.m. I tried to find where I had been, where I had settled down to rest for the night. I don't think I found the place. Didn't even come close. On the other hand, I think I found the killing ground, where the wild things had been slaughtered. I think I found where I'd stood when the bristle bore of bright light and shadow had attacked me. That was my next step, to listen to the killing ground, to try and understand what they had been hunting. In the hotel had been easy. The knowing had simply flowed around me like studying a picture of multiple exposures. The drifting memory of the hunters carrying me into the hotel room had been strong. Hell, I don't know. I don't know if I'd watched them, felt their presence, or if the knowledge had simply bounced into my head. The word you're looking for is spontaneous cognition. Remember it. I didn't know it yet.
They had tried to make me forget, which was damn silly. They couldn't make me forget. They couldn't force false memories down my throat. I couldn't remember anything. It was part of Del Morgan's curse, like the fact I couldn't talk. I had no memories to speak of other than when I spoke and answered direct questions. Ha! Take that, you hunters of strange and mysterious things. The curse was actually doing something to help me. I still don't understand why they'd wanted me to forget, why they'd wanted me to become an encyclopedia salesman. That one just boggles the mind. I couldn't learn anything from the killing ground. It wouldn't speak to me, revealing the secrets. The hunters, I could see. Not very well, but they're... Presence was there. It was strange. I couldn't get any sense of what they hunted, of what they struggled against, captured and killed. It really was as if wild things had no form or substance, as if they really were concepts or ideas, dreams on the hoof. Post-traumatic stress disorder really did stalk the woods at night. So I really was no closer to understanding what they had hunted. Had they been dreams or nightmares, stories, poetry, art, or music? I don't know. I couldn't put an understanding to it. I couldn't tell if my book was among them. Lucifer's widow could be one of the wild things that ran through the forest when the lights were out. I would have to find the hunters and ask them. They were all I could see, but faint as whispered light. So I rested in the wood with nothing to keep me company but my own sorry excuse for an imagination, and I wondered after why I was there, seeking things that didn't exist, searching for people who wished me to be an encyclopedia salesman. I would wait for them. I would search for them. I would find them. I was in for a long wait. The night was quiet. There was no excitement, no dreams running rampant through the woods. Hunters didn't call one to another. The dark was boring as hell. Well, that turned out to be a colossal waste of time. Maybe the hunt only happened on the first night of the full moon. Maybe they migrated. Maybe they knew I was watching, waiting, hoping to grab them by the neck and ask after a book that James Joyce never wrote. Well, I didn't know where else to go. I wasn't ready to leave Dayside. I returned to the library. He met me before the high walls and doors, almost as if he had been expecting me. He probably had been waiting, wondering why it had taken me so long to seek him out, ask after the hunt. The librarian certainly was a nice enough fellow. He gave me permission to speak without even knowing I needed it. I had a dream of the woods, I said. In the woods and of the woods, there were people and great things I can't describe. What lives there? The librarian looked at me, saying nothing for a very long time. He watched me, as if he were trying to figure out what I was thinking, wondering how much I said was truth and how much was bullshit. You know where you stand, he finally said. I could think of a million different ways to interpret his question. Yes. You stand where dreams come to die. They come here, both real and imagined, sought after and wholly unknown. You know the old joke. The title of this book is a wonderful story that everybody loves and makes you a rich and famous author. I hadn't thought about it quite like that. You really have that book here? After a fashion. Are you saying that such things don't come full-born to the library? They grow, festering in the wilderness and in the wild? 
Not all. Some are already broken, limping here, lost, bewildered and alone, knowing nothing of what they had once been or never were. Such things live in the world. Such things. What were you before you were here? Did you never want for something, wish for it? Did you get it? Did you forget it? Was it denied to you? Yes. Maybe it is here. What? What did you want to be when you grew up? A fireman? Policeman? Painter? Lover? Dreamer? I know the answer. It is here. No, there is more than one kind of dream. Perhaps yes, but not here. What you seek is not here. That you seek for it is. That one left me without words. I wanted my life back, and for one fleeting and self-contradictory moment, I believed that my life was in the library. Forget James Joyce, forget Lucifer's Widow, Del Morgan, the passage of the sun and the moon and the stars, everything I'd ever been, everything I could have become, everything that had been taken from me when Del Morgan sank her fingers into my chest. Those things were in the library because I'd lost them, because I'd forgotten them. They had joined the library forgotten dreams. Let me in. No. Why? Because if you go in there, you will not find what you seek. What is this place? You cannot find what you have lost here. If you found it, it wouldn't be lost. That's just stupid. I cannot help you. You must seek elsewhere. It really was stupid. The kind of thing you only find in logic puzzles and pulp fiction. Let's be clever for the audience. Remember, don't wave at the crowd. It spoils the effect. Oh, don't mind me. I was just weirded out by my own loss of identity. I was in the library. What a thought, which reminds me. There's one thing I don't understand. Why an encyclopedia salesman? Like you, I can only guess. They may have been laying a deliberate false trail so you wouldn't draw close to what had really been done. Maybe they ravaged your mind, seeking your name. The encyclopedia salesman was simply so you wouldn't notice if they had succeeded. Now that's a thought that's going to fester. Which is true. I hadn't considered it. The hunters may have held me, treating me in much the same way that the dragon had. I mean, they hadn't chained me to a wall, but they had sought after who and what I was. They had wanted to know who had sent me and why. To cover their tracks, they had placed false memory over false memory. I was looking for people who didn't want me to know what they knew of me. I must remember everything Dora told me about the opinion of the locals toward Del Morgan. I would seek those who might not like me. The library mocked me with the secrets it held, my forgotten secrets and misplaced memory. I couldn't touch them. So close I was denied, not allowed to think. Suddenly I held no desire to be anywhere near them. I would go to white trash, learn hunters and library. I would go and be cautious. This audio recording of The Fairfield of Gideon and The Tale of the Donkey is copyright 2011 by Keith T. Jones. All rights reserved. <laughs>